0: the end of the day, and before they get in bed, a husband and a wife are thinking about the day that has passed and are writing in their journals. This is what the wife writes. Tonight I thought my husband was acting a bit weird. We'd made plans to meet at a nice restaurant for dinner, and I was out all day with friends and got there a little late, so I thought maybe he was upset about that, but of course he made no comment about it at all. He just sat distant. Conversation kept feeling awkward, so I suggested uh, that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but then when we got there, he didn't really say very much. I asked him what was wrong, and of course he said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset, and Of course, he said he wasn't upset. And it had nothing to do with me that he wasn't upset. (laughs) And not to worry about it. Right. On the way home, I told him that I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. I, I can't explain his behavior. At least he could have said, I love you back on the way home. When we got home, it didn't get any better. I felt completely as if I'd somehow lost him, as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there, watched TV, didn't say a word. He continued to seem so, so distant and absent. Finally, with silence all around us, I decided to go to bed. About 15 minutes later, he came to bed. He fell asleep. I cried. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure that he's thinking about someone else. Oh, God. It's like my life is a disaster. That was the wife's journal. Here's what appeared in the husband's journal. A two-foot putt? Who misses a stupid two-foot putt? Okay. So... So working for the past three years with my Home Shalom project and talking with kids about creating healthy relationships and knowing their own self-worth, here's the number one thing that I have learned. Everyone is insecure. Everyone. Some of us compensate for our insecurities by acing tests and getting A's on every class that we can. Some of us compensate for our insecurities by you know, prowess on the athletic field. Some of us compensate for our insecurities by dissing others, calling them names, or making fun of them, whether online or in person. Some of us compensate for our insecurities by bullying and abusing others into doing what we want and getting what we want. And some of us compensate for insecurities by simply hiding as best we can from peers, from parents, from ourselves. But everyone's insecure. And yet, in spite of our insecurities, all of us have the capacity to feel successful, to feel good about who we are, and to know that we matter, to literally make Miracles, large and small, and sometimes it only takes one other person to believe in us. So, story number one. Once upon a time, a little boy was sent home from school with a note from his teacher. He was only a fourth grader, but had already been judged incapable of learning. Quote: He couldn't concentrate. He couldn't read very well, and he couldn't keep up with the others. And no, this is not about me. But his mother found herself in the unenviable position of having to teach her nine-year-old herself because at the time there were simply no other resources available. And their small farm was a windmill. This was the one place where she could curb his hyperactivity. So every day she would climb the stairs with her son and there they would read and talk together about whatever lesson she was doing her best to teach him. Granted, a windmill is a strange place to learn, but for a small boy intimidated and poorly judged by the adult world, it allowed him the chance to literally look down on the sizes of barns and houses, and somehow they seemed to shrink into a more manageable perspective. At least he was on, literally on top of something for a while. Actually, his formal schooling never went beyond this farmer's wife's effort of just two seasons, but somehow it was enough, enough to turn on his intellect, to fire his imagination, and to give him enough confidence in himself that his experience in school, like so many others, had beaten down. So I won't bore you with the incredible details of his life, but later he would get 1,137 patents, more than any person before or since, I believe, he would transform the daily life of humanity by a degree greater and in more ways than possibly any other scientist or inventor. Of course, it was Thomas Alva Edison, the boy unable to succeed in school, who became one of the greatest success stories of all time. Okay, I don't know how many of you are Avengers fans or Spider-Man fans or Captain America fans, But there is a reason that the Marvel movie franchise has become something like a $16 billion enterprise. In these insecure and increasingly anxiety ridden times of ours, between the meltdown of civility and common values in Washington and the rise of anti Semitism and white supremacists across America and Europe, and our own growing fears of Potential devastation from global climate change, literally we're all in need of heroes of one kind or another. And the good news is, heroes really do exist. They come in many shapes and many sizes, many ages, and many genders. And they're actually all around us. Mostly hidden from view simply because even when we see them, we usually don't recognize them for the heroes that they are that's probably because so far none of them actually wear capes and fly through the air or you know have spider webs shooting out of their wrists or turn into giant green hulks they're heroes of a different kind although often overcoming tremendous adversity themselves some of them literally are sitting right next to you tonight they're the quiet unknown heroes of the Spirit, who without fanfare often overcome lifetimes of fears and insecurities, triumph over unspeakable losses, or hold their heads high in spite of relentless emotional battering or verbal assaults or demeaning insults. In the Talmud, we are taught Ezehu Gibor, who's a hero, Hakovesh et Yetzro one who conquers his or her own inner demons. And those are often the greatest heroes of all. In truth, life is filled with opportunities to be someone's hero, to literally make miracles happen. And actually, today is one of those opportunities. I'm reminded of the person who told me about taking a driving trip. To the Pennsylvania Dutch country with their seven-year-old grandson so they passed an Amish horse and buggy and the grandson asked why do they use horses instead of cars well grandparents explained that the Amish don't believe in cars and their grandson scratched his head and thought about that for a moment and said they don't believe in cars but can't they see them I literally think of the High Holidays that way. Can't they see them? They're right here, right in front of us. Every year, here they are, our magic time to reevaluate who we are. Through these ten days ahead, through the prayers that we read and the, the Torah that we teach, we're commanded, we're cajoled, we're urged, we're even threatened in many ways in the prayer book to reorient our priorities, to see ourselves in a new light, as literally spiritual winners, success stories waiting to be told in the year ahead, makers of miracles for ourselves, for our families, and perhaps for the world. And yet, too often we allow the fears and insecurities of our childhood to continue dominating our lives, even as adults those negative messages we heard from parents or teachers or peers when we were children running like tape loops in the back of our minds holding us back from our own emotional success and well-being you know the taunts of our childhood subconsciously sabotaging us nurturing the insidious belief that perhaps we really aren't good enough or competent enough or attractive enough or tall enough or worthwhile simply because someone whose opinion meant a lot to us then continues to echo in our souls even now it it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that we continue to sacrifice our spiritual self worth on the altar of past regrets or insecurities literally all around us are examples of human beings who have faced what we have endured and often much worse and have literally wrested triumph from what seemed to be the iron grip of tragedy. All around us, individuals still believe in themselves in spite of adversity, of pain or failure or depression or lifelong insecurities or physical challenges. Oprah Winfrey once said, failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. So, story number two. You all know this one. One year ago, 15-year-old girl with OCD and Asperger's sat outside the parliament building in Sweden every day for three months during school hours, holding up a sign she created that said, school strike for climate, and handing out leaflets that said, I'm doing this because you adults are shitting on my future. One year later, one year later, Greta Thunberg has been featured on the cover of Time magazine, spoken at the UN Climate Action Summit in New York, in front of Parliament in London, to prominent business and political leaders at the World Economic Forum in Davos, to the European Parliament in Strasbourg, in front of 20,000 people or more at the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin, spoken to the Austrian World Summit, received the Prix Liberté Freedom Prize in France, and inspired more than 10 million followers to participate in her school climate strike movement in 185 countries just, what, three weeks ago? Heroes. Miracle makers. 16-year-old girl. Now, Obviously, I am not suggesting that every child can become Edison or inspire a worldwide protest. But I am saying that nobody can tell you what you can or can't accomplish in your life. What failures you can or can't transform into successes, because every person, every one of us, the person sitting next to you, your spouse, your partner, your sister, your son, your colleague, your friend, has the potential to transcend any obstacle and to be her own hero, find his own greatness, and make his own miracles. I know you've heard these stories before. You know, Albert Einstein didn't speak for the first three years of his life. Stephen King's first novel was rejected 30 times. And the only reason he has now sold over 350 million books is because his wife was the hero who took the first manuscript out of the garbage where he had thrown it, that was Carrie, and forced him to send it in again. Or Oprah, who was molested as a child by a cousin, an uncle, and a family friend, ran away from home, had a child at age 14 who then died, and yet went on to become Oprah. That Vincent van Gogh only sold one painting in his entire life, or that Steven Spielberg even was turned down twice by USC film school and... And on and on and on and on. I I remind myself of those stories all the time. And I remind you of them tonight because they're true. They're real. They're real people. And they're important. True stories, real people, real adversity, personal triumphs. The miracles that that are possible when you believe in yourself. Now, even though I have often said attitude is everything... In reality, it takes more than just believing in yourself and having the right attitude. And this is really my point tonight. The heroes in these stories are not just the names we know who became famous because contrary to popular opinion, there is no such thing as a self-made man or woman. None of us can do it alone, no matter what the it is. Not only do we have to believe in ourselves, but so often... Someone else has to believe in us as well, because self-confidence coupled with the faith of another in us, that's an unstoppable force. Will Rogers famously said, we can't all be heroes. Someone has to sit on the sidelines and cheer as the heroes parade by. (laughs) But I think he was wrong. We can all be heroes. For every hero we know in the parade There's a silent hero sitting next to them, cheering them on, encouraging them, whispering in their ears and and sometimes shouting at the top of their lungs, you can do it. Never give up. Believe in yourself because I believe in you. And that hero job is available to everyone, you and me, makers of our own miracles, large and small. I see miracle makers in our community every day. And the older I get, the more I recognize them. So Didi and I turned 70 this year. And now I'm constantly reminded of something that Tim Conway, who just died a few months ago, used to say. He said, I spend a lot of time thinking about the hereafter. Every time I enter a room, in fact, I wonder, what am I hereafter? On Yom Kippur, are you counting? Yeah. On Yom Kippur, four times we pray, "Al Don't abandon us when we grow old. The heroes that surround us every day are the caretakers, like my own mother, who turned 97, by the way, last Friday, who quietly sits by the side of my father. And all those who sit with a loved one, a husband, a wife whose mind or memory is drifting away or whose body is trapped lying in bed or or the children now taking on the role of parent for their own parents as their own parents slip away. And and then there are the young mothers like my own niece, Natanya, in a relentless exhausting role as mother, nurse, nurturer, and playmate juggling her four-year-old son and twin eight-month-old sons at the same time, often alone, starting work again while her husband works as a chef, very often away from home altogether as they struggle to make ends meet every day all around us. Many of you know that our daughter, Gable, creates handmade personalized dog food with supplements that often heal various physical ailments for people's dogs, Gable has six dogs of her own. Gable has six dogs of her own. And every time I watch her with her dogs, I think, what if we all treated each other like she treats her dogs? What if we treated every child, regardless of who they are or where they came from, or how they got here, like we treat our pets? What if we gave them unconditional love, affection, care, made sure they were well fed, made sure that their needs were met? What kind of relationships would we have with each other? What kind of community, what kind of nation literally would we have? What kind of worth would we create? And how empty would our prisons be as well? Because in the latest study, 68% of violent felons have been victims of childhood abuse. Heroes of the spirit are needed now more than ever. So be a hero this year. Make your own miracles. Stand up for what is right. Stand up for what is true. Stand up for what matters. Stand up for another who needs your yes you can, who needs uplifting, who needs your love, a spouse, a child, a friend, a colleague, an immigrant. And remember what I've said from the bema over and over and over again throughout the years that the most important things in life are never things at all. They're they're always people. The people we love, the people we know, the people whose lives we can touch, sometimes in the simplest of ways. A quarter and a meter, letting their car into your lane, a smile just when it's needed, and in so doing make all the difference. You don't need the right connections, you don't need the right education or more money or the right body or the right friends or the right job to be someone's hero and make miracles. You just have to care. Sometimes you just have to show up. That's all. And everyone can do that. As I shared in my brilliant new book A Year with Mordecai Kaplan published by published by Jewish Publication Society actually I think they're reviewing it in the Jewish Journal this week so I have to hold my breath till Thursday Mordecai Kaplan once wrote the will to live is animal the will to let live is human but the will to help live is divine that's what heroes, miracle makers do okay, last quick story In the early part of my rabbinic career, I worked primarily in Jewish education, and I used to travel around the country doing workshops for teachers, and in those workshops, I would ask them to share a story about a teacher they had when they were a student somewhere that had an impact on their life. One teacher shared that during her high school years, one of her classrooms was located on the side of a building right next to one of the busiest streets in town. And the traffic was constant and loud, especially when they heard the sirens of emergency vehicles blasting by. And the teacher in that classroom would explain, would complain every single day to the students about the noise of the traffic and how he was especially annoyed by those sirens. One Monday morning, she recalled, Her teacher came in and said that he wanted to apologize to the whole class. He told them that over the weekend, his wife had an emergency, and the ambulance that came to her rescue saved the life of his wife and their baby. He told his students, I want to apologize because I was listening to the noise instead of thinking about the lives. So often, that is you and me, listening to the noise instead of thinking about the lives. So this year, let's all do a better job of thinking about the lives, the lives of those we know and those we know about, the lives of those we love and those who need love. Be a hero to someone this year even if it's to yourself. Be a hero and make your own miracles. On the way out, take one of my Rabbi Rubin keychains that says, make miracles, they'll be outside, and remind yourself you can do that. Or perhaps simply every morning, as this prayer that we're about to share reminds you, Give thanks for all the miracles, large and small, that surround us every single day. Elohai shama Shnatata bi, tehorahim.